Good morning. Welcome to worship this morning. Great to have you all here with us this day. A couple of announcements before we begin our worship. I'd like to introduce to you another seminarian assigned to us from St. John's Seminary, Gilbert Nazur. Welcome. He's looking for a lunch date. So if you've got some time, our office is buying lunch. He'd love to sit and visit with you. There we go. How's that for an opener? Yeah, thanks. We also welcome into the community this morning our Channel Islands Conference of ELCA rostered leaders. They're here for their conference collegium today, gathering of the conference. So rostered leaders from that community Welcome, we're glad you're here to worship with us. I want you to pay some particular attention to the verses that will be sung today, the numbered verses. So oftentimes we launch into a hymn and we just sing one, two, three, four, five, and then we're done with that. But on this particular day, there are specific verses selected. So I invite you to pay attention to those. And then if you would include Rabbi Bell, uh, in your prayers for her anxiousness. Um, her son, Noam, last week playing lacrosse, uh, took a shot and broke a bone in his hand. Two days ago, they spent some time with a couple of specialists. One of the specialists said, let's see if we can do this in an alternative way to fix this. That didn't work. At 11 o'clock today, Noam uh, is undergoing surgery to fix that. So uh, for those of us that are parents in the room, you know the anxiousness that kicks in. Uh, and then for a 14-year-old who thinks himself to be invincible and now to have to go through surgery and maybe not ever play lacrosse again because of this injury, uh, this, well, this just requires some additional prayer from all of us. So please uh, include uh, Bell and Gill and Noam in your prayers. With that, please stand as we sing our opening hymn. Loving God, be present with us today. We give you thanks, O God, for you are here in our midst. Help us to celebrate the gift of life that you have lavished upon each of us. We ask that you would open our ears so that we may hear your voice. Open our minds so that we may receive your eternal wisdom. Open our spirits so that we may know your leading and guidance without fear, ready for what you hold for us in this time. Dios de amor, este presente con nosotros hoy. Te damos gracias, oh Dios porque estás aquí en medio de nosotros. Ayúdenos a celebrar el regalo de la vida que es prodigado a cada uno de nosotros. Le pedimos que abra nuestros oídos para que podamos escuchar su voz. Abre nuestras mentes para que podamos recibir su sabiduría eterna. Abre nuestros espíritus para que podamos conocer como nos guíes sin temor, listos para lo que tienes 
para nosotros en este momento. Amen. Oh Lord God, many of our fears come from uncertainty. They come from feeling alone, unsafe, or unprotected. Through your grace, help us to remember that you, Lord, are love, and that we are loved. Show us your faithfulness. Remind us of your care for us. Teach us to love one another so that love can disband our fears. Amen. Today's reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. One day, Jesus was standing beside Lake Genesaret, and the crowd pressed in around him to hear God's word. Jesus saw two boats sitting by the lake. The fishermen had gone ashore and were washing their nets. Jesus boarded one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon and asked him to row out a little distance from the shore. Jesus sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he finished speaking to the crowds, he said to Simon, row out farther into the deep water and drop your nets for a catch. Simon replied, Master, we've worked hard all night and caught nothing, but because you say so, I'll drop the nets. So they dropped the nets, and their catch was so huge that their nets were splitting. They signaled for their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They filled both boats so full that they were about to sink. When Simon Peter saw their catch, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Leave me, Lord, for I'm a sinner. Peter and those with him overcome with amazement because of the number of fish they caught. James and John, Zebedee's sons, were Simon's partners, and they were amazed too. Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be fishing for people. As soon as they brought the boats to the shore, they left everything and followed Jesus. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Fear. This morning, I was asked to talk about fear. When I think about the word, there are many things that come to mind. Monsters, spiders, death, hunger, money, the state of our country. But honestly, there is something that I fear more than anything, something that I don't normally voice, especially in the front of a huge group of people. <laughs> and I don't even voice it in private to myself, but here I am this morning, and I'm gonna try to share it with you. First, I wanna take a little time to tell you about myself and my family. I'm of Costa Rican descent. My parents immigrated to this country 
when I was three years old and settled in Los Angeles. And when I was seven, my parents divorced and my father returned to Costa Rica and I was raised by my mother. As a single parent, her plate was very full. She was very busy and often she was really tired to interact with us when she got home. Because she had to work such long hours, she had limited our supervision during the week and I was what's called a latchkey kid. In retrospect, when I think about that time as a kid, I realize now that I lacked the emotional stability that I needed at the time. And often, when I was growing up, I felt very alone. I felt often pushed aside, not able to fully understand the sacrifice that my mom was making, being an immigrant and a single mom, in order to provide for us. It was common for her to be too tired. And after a really long day, it's hard to come home to three crazy kids. So we never attended church. God was never spoken about. He was simply not part of our everyday lives. And it was because of this that my knowledge of God was very limited. That being said, I'm Latina. So it's really hard to get away from religious images, right? We have a lot of crucifixes, the Last Supper, the Madonna. They're very familiar pictures. But frankly, the thought of personal relationship with God never struck me as very interesting. Like my parent, God was distant and busy, and I was alone. As a result, God was just not on my radar. This feeling of being pushed aside and not wanted has followed me to my spiritual life, even to today. There are times when I feel pushed aside by God. I know it's not true, so don't rush afterwards. <laughs> I'm just being honest. It's a special struggle that I have to deal with, and it creeps in, especially when I'm afraid. This feeling has lessened over the years as I've grown older and have gotten stronger, I guess, in my faith. But I can never shake the feeling that I'm an imposter and that one day God's going to notice that I actually don't belong and that I'm going to be escorted out of the building and be pushed aside. And because of this, I'm used to this feeling of rejection. And I often find it hard to search after God in times of trouble or sadness, and I certainly don't go to him when I'm scared. I assume that God doesn't want to hear me. It took me a really long time not to listen to that and to answer the call that God has on my life to be a pastor and to love people without fear. But that voice is always there in the background, and I have to find ways to dull it down. So... Why did I decide to share such an incredibly personal story with you today? Well, aside from the fact that sometimes God asks you to do the very uncomfortable thing, um, there are several reasons that this fear came to mind when I was reading this story this morning. I see the fear of rejection here 
in this simple story about fishing. Jesus is walking near the water one day, preaching and teaching, when he comes upon some really tired and unlucky fishermen tending their nets. So I want to take a moment and pause for a second because I actually want you guys to know that I know a lot about tending fishing nets. I know you don't think so, but I do. You see, I was actually married to an Alaskan fisherman for 12 years. That's right. He'd often call home and talk to me when he was tending the nets. It's a chore that's actually done at the beginning of the season and at the end of the season. It's tedious and incredibly important. Because if your nets are not cared for, then you can't catch fish. If they're tied incorrectly, your nets are just going to unravel and you're going to have a rope laying in the water and there aren't going to be any fish. Untended, the net can't handle the weight and the strength of a school of fish so it could snap and break and you're going to lose your catch. Or if the holes are too big, well, you get the picture. You're not going to, I mean, that's not going to happen. They're gonna st it's very boring, monotonous, repetitive work, and it's lonely. It is work that you do not notice unless it is done wrong. That's why my husband would call me, because I'm chatty. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> so I could chat him through anything and encourage him, taking time to share details about our life together while he was away. These are the men that Jesus finds on the shore that day. They're discouraged, tired, and they're beaten up by life's circumstances. Working hard all night, they've come up short. Jesus sees them, and he climbs into the boat with them, not only ministering to the crowds on the shore, but then taking the time to go out with them in the deep water and work with them in order to realize their goals. I have friends like this. Do you? I sure hope you do. I want to be this kind of a person. These are people who make you feel seen. They come alongside when you're doing tedious or frustrating work, and they work with you. They're like a breath of fresh air, and they build community, true community. I've had times when community has been what's kept me sane. Community, you see, reminds us of our purpose. It reminds us that God does not reject us or push us aside, but that even in the monotony of life, when things just stink, God is present and that we matter. The fear of rejection, that nagging sense that no matter what I do, what I say, or how I act will never be good enough for those who matter to me or even to God is something that I think a lot of us struggle with at one time or another. And I think that this struggle is seen here in this particular story. And did you catch when? Why is it <laughs> that there is this great catch of fish, everyone's celebrating, and then all of a sudden, Peter's saying, I'm a sinner. Like, when did that jump happen? <laughs> I believe that the sin in this instance is actually a condition of brokenness. It is Peter's feeling of meaninglessness or purposelessness. 
of rejection, a fear of being pushed aside. And we can all get stuck in this kind of a sin, this kind of a fear. The fear of being unseen, rejected, unimportant, it causes us to focus on anything else except for God, and certainly not on community. It doesn't build community. I know that in life circumstances and emotions, they can actually keep me from hearing the, God, the voice of God. You see, the fear of rejection keeps us from one of God's greatest gifts, the gift of community. I have to confess that there are times that I'm so focused on myself, my own problems, that I don't even notice when God is speaking. I think that's one of the reasons that I do not recognize when God is speaking is because I'm so wrapped up in what I'm doing that I don't actually take the time to notice the other people around me. And you know what? God is a lot more subtle than I want God to be. I've never heard God's voice talking to me from a burning bush. I haven't. I've never heard God's voice sounding from the heavens and calling my name audibly. It's unfortunate. I've never had a miraculous catch of fish. I have heard God speak to me through you. I have heard God speak to me through my children. And when I'm in community, joining in the work of God, God speaks. The fear of rejection diminishes, and I am able to stand firm in who I am, a child of God, not pushed aside, not alone, loved, and part of a community. And that is who you are. Amen. Please stand for prayer. God of grace, reveal your power. We are grateful for your generosity, for the manner in which you surprise us in the depths of life's circumstances. Save us from complacency, from settling into a routine that would keep us from being giving loving and merciful to others. Open our ears, eyes, hearts, and minds to recognize you. Amen. I pray that out of, the God, that out of God's glorious riches, God may strengthen you with power through the Spirit in your inner being, so that God may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of God. To know this love that surpasses knowledge, 
so that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. Amen. I invite you to share a sign of God's peace with all those around you. Please be with us.